Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we are going to talk about the subject of competition. And the C-O-M prefix means together, it means two things, two things, uh, comparing two things, compare, mm -hmm. competition. But essentially, um, I feel that that was uh, something that was very beneficial to me when I was looking at the issue of competition because I felt that it was very painful. It causes people to come together in a hostile way often. There can be friendly competition as well, but often it leaves people feeling beaten up or, or a victor or a loser in it. And so I saw the movie called Personal Best with Marielle Hemingway back in the 80s where she was an Olympic runner. And she also could not get into that whole competition thing, but it wasn't until she realized that the only competition there really is is with self, and it's just to do better each time that she found her place of peace, and that's when she went on to win the races. So. Well, finding the place of peace would do away with competition. Mm -hmm. Competition has been overvalued completely. And uh, since we live in a world where we are super saturated with literally trillions of pieces of information, and everyone was dumped into this with a remarkable lack of uh, self belief in self, and so we see the, everyone competing for the one and only valuable thing on the planet Earth. Does anyone know what that is? The one and only thing that's worth anything in our world? Okay, which is the attention of other people. That's it. That's the single valuable item there is. You could say it was gold, you could say it was silver, you could say it was, no, no, it's people paying attention to you. That's all anyone seems to hold any value with. Lawyers have beat the entire system by charging $7,000 a minute to talk to you. For their attention. For their attention, and good. And then if we all just said, well, so what? Um, then that would be worth nothing because the value of you is your attention on you. The whole series of the X-Files uh, where Mulder said for a thousand episodes in a row, the answer is out there, out there. And that's about as dumb as it gets because, no, 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 that's about as dumb as it gets because the answer is always inside of you. That's what we don't get. And so when you're competing, you're competing with something out there. And you're never going to get anywhere doing that. Well, go ahead, do it, because I have other things to do. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that 100%. I think that was very well said. Yeah. Because if we look at competition as something coming together, then it comes from an innate knowing that we are all one thing. Yeah. And so a competition is bringing two forces together, but are we doing it in a war paradigm or are we doing it in a peace paradigm? And therein lies the happiness. And um, something I was saying uh, earlier is um, where peace is more important than anything else in your life, that's where true freedom is. So I'm going to expound on that a little bit. When you can say that peace is the most important thing in your life over competing with someone else, over being uh, proven that you are more important than your older brother, that uh, better at, a, 
at being seen by your boss so that you get the promotion at work. When peace becomes the most important thing, then nothing holds you hostage in your life and you are free. Yeah. And that is the epitome of freedom. And you may want to think about that and let that one sink in because there's a lot of depth to it. But talking about that competition at work, it puts so much stress on us. Not only are work environments operating on half staff or less, uh, than what they used to. They're putting all these unreasonable expectations on people. The people that do have jobs still, they're so afraid of losing their jobs that they're competing with each other. And it's, it's setting up this whole uh, energy of warlikeness that's out there. And when we are fighting and competing with each other, well then people in positions of power, employers can use that as a leash to guide us around. So it's important that we step back and because uh, we don't, you're right, we do not value our own attention. It's always the attention of something else. Well, several times in my life I've actually said to myself, we've got to have a talk because <laughs> I don't care about anyone else's opinion of me. I really don't because that person's opinion of me is in the slightest examination. It's their opinion of themselves. Whatever you don't like or whatever you love about someone else is what you don't like about yourself or what you love about yourself to the point that, and as much as I believe that all human beings have the right to their individual feedback, I believe that. And another correct answer is that whatever the feedback is from whoever it is, they're talking about themselves and they're talking to themselves, but they have no idea that that's going on. So as far as competition goes, keep it. Go ahead, you win. Thank you, I'm done. Well, that's, a, that's how I feel often, particularly at this time where it appears that a lot of people are out. Did you want to finish something up before I? Oh, uh, just I was gonna, um, no, go ahead. I, I had some thoughts that came together. I'll go ahead with whatever you were saying, please Okay, go ahead. well, I, I feel that I don't remember what I was saying either, so that's funny. <laughs> this is called the Alzheimer's show, people. <laughs> no, no, okay. Alzheimer's. Uh, no, we're talking about competition and this struggle against each other. There was a movie that was one of the most brilliant movies made, in my opinion, and it was called The Color Purple. I think most people remember that. I even read the mm -hmm. book as well. But there was a line in it where the main character, played by Whoopi Goldberg and Suge Avery, were walking through a meadow, and Suge says, I think that uh, maybe everybody is just wanting to be seen and, the, and the, even the purple flowers in the field are waving saying, hey, look at me. Almost as if these energies are looking for the reflection in someone else's eyes to say, hey, I'm alive, I'm real, I'm separate. And I woke up one morning hearing from my guide saying that the only eyes we cannot look into are our own. That's why we act as mirrors for each other. So I think we have some imperative, both biological and spiritual, to, to bond with each other and to wish for feedback from each other. Physically, we would not have survived as a species if we were not social animals. And we would not survive without our pack. And so if our pack was disapproving of us, it could lead to death. And so we do have that in our deep subconscious memory. We also have this spiritual connection knowing that we're all one thing 
and that we're part of each other's journey and that I can't see myself. Can I look in your eyes for a moment so that I can see who I am? And if I look in enough people's eyes, maybe I'll get an idea of who I am. But this gets distorted the moment that manipulation comes in because people started to see, hey, I can manipulate you by how I reflect you back. And that's when we started holding each other hostage and fear came into oh, the picture. Yeah, very well put. Yeah. Thank you. That is what's been going on and for the longest time. And if we have um, the moment that we get to the point that we can exhibit self-sovereignty, okay? Have your opinion of me. And you know what? I'm not interested. Mm. Because it's my opinion of me that actually counts. And that's a very important and another correct answer that's addressing all of the same issues. If someone disapproves of me, I know for a fact that's the part of them that they see in me that they disapprove of. So that's not really truly interesting. But nobody knows that and nobody thinks that way. And so if someone disapproves of them, they have to go, no, 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 no. <laughs> Insanity. Insanity. You are your own boss. You. Nobody can tell you what to do, or they can appear to tell you what to do. Um, in the 60s, I'm a child of the 60s. I'm an adult of the 60s, okay? And the country Joe and the fish said it right. Hell no, we won't go. If nobody went to war, if nobody bought 9-11 as patriotism, if nobody said, so what, they're Arabs, you know, if, if everyone said, it's just another person. There's one family on earth. I'm not going to shoot a member of a family. And if I shoot anybody, I'm shooting a member of my family. If we woke up to that, we just woke up to that, that would put an end to this entire thing. That if we were all self-sovereign and no, I'm not going to shoot somebody else. I don't care what they're doing. If all war is based on fiction anyhow. It's based on lack mentality. It's based on... You know, the, the thousand, here, we played this game for years on this show. Do the thousand wealthiest people on earth know each other? Of course they do. Who do you think they do business with? And when they get into fights, what happens? Uh, war? Good, good, you're, you're getting it now, okay? And we, allegedly, down here, as long as we lack the consciousness to recognize what's going on around here. We live on a slave planet. Pardon the word, but I meant it. All caps. We live on a slave planet. And the, 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 one of the main things that keeps slavery in existence is judgment. Yeah, a slightly different stream to travel on. But it is all based on competition. If you don't want to compete, then don't. When the, when the boss is dangling carrots, go, why would I do that? Why? There's no incentive in it. If we all band together, if we get a group on that says, no, no more war, I'm not going. No, I'm not going to go slit my coworker's throat so that I can get a promotion. Why would we do that? It just well, doesn't make any no, sense. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And yeah. I definitely feel that way, that if we no longer buy fear, it won't be sold. But this idea of manipulating us into competing with each other, it's like getting the, the, the factions that you're trying to control uh, to control each other. And, and so it's like getting the baby, two kids you're babysitting to babysit each other so you don't have to. That's funny. 
The thing is, is competition makes us go unconscious. It makes us go blind and we get into that comparison game where nothing can ever win. It's like the card in the Osho deck, the comparison card where it has the oak and the bamboo. That if you are one, if you're flowing in movement, if you compare it to the oak, it seems spindly and can snap very easily. If you compare the oak to the bamboo, it's too rigid. It takes 400 years to really reach maturity. We can't do with comparison. If you compare, someone has to lose. It's just a fact. It's a nature of the comparison. Now, there are ways to do all this with love and say, oh, I love this. It's like, I remember the day I realized I couldn't pick just one color that I liked the most because I loved the entire rainbow. That I think I got out of this idea of comparing. Yeah. But something I, I would like to say about the the whole spiritual journey that we go on and the competitiveness out there, I see that there are so many people that are offering information all over the internet and if I were starting on my spiritual journey right now, I think I would be very confused because you can tune in to pretty much any, anyone saying anything and we get so spiritually open that on your path of spirituality you go through many phases and they're like inhales and exhales and you may have had a number of years where you get really into your spirituality and then you drift away and then you come back. Part of the reason that we go through that is because it's all your spiritual journey. It's not like when you get into your spiritual stuff that means you're on your spiritual journey and then you get fall, you fall asleep and you go back into 3D life and uh-oh, I fell asleep from my spiritual journey, now I've got to go back to it. The thing is, is everything you do is on your spiritual journey. And I have been in this end of things, in this line of work, let's say, for many years, and I've seen a pattern, and that there is this phase when we first start waking up, and I know you have said it in such a way that I found very amusing that um, sometimes when you wake people up, they wake up angry. And um, angry at you. Yes, for, for waking, waking them, them up. Yeah. Yes, and There's which I think. There's nothing ticks anybody off more than that. Yes, I, I think that's very insightful. Yeah. Because there have been many people that, that I would say we've woken up, and most of them are very gracious and wake up well, but some, some get um, kind of angry at having ever been asleep and take it out on the person that they wake up with. Well, that's but the one first. of the things that happens when we first start opening, and we get all this information and, and we'll read something or we will do a certain healing method and then we start getting our own insight about it, which is natural, which is what we're supposed to do. Spirituality, I say the tarot is like a quilt. We all contribute a square to it. Everything is like that, the whole awakening process. But sometimes because we live in a world of competition and ambition, which is the biggest drain, ambition is the biggest drain, and we all get sucked into it at one time or another, that what we tend to do when we get in our spiritual life, especially with the law of attraction and, oh, I choose to manifest a million dollars and all the things that we're having on our vision boards, sometimes that can bring this ambition into our spirituality where we feel like we must take over the world with our belief system. And it can get very taxing and just as stressful as going into the office. Now that's not gonna be true for everyone, but if it is true for you, consider stepping back into the simplicity and the quietness of your own spirituality again and enjoy your epiphanies, enjoy that sacredness. Don't feel like you have to go out there and save the world. Well, this is all functioning. Uh, the 
the world has um, been so long in lack mentality. And yeah. I've said for a trillion years now, don't use the word need, because as soon as you say need, you have created need. And, and so this downward spiral uh, gets a really good grip on us. Uh, forward slightly to the idea of um, when someone first wakes up, they're very resentful because they have been asleep. And that's what gets them so motivated to make up for lost time all of which is lack mentality. Every word in that entire premise is lack mentality. You cannot, I am not guilty because I'm on my path. Okay? And, and my, everything is your path, so that yes. gets you out of the idea that you have to make up for anything because you've never been off of it. Yeah. So, um, This is kind of run amok, we the humans, at this point. If everybody could please step down and not constantly be um, salivating and, and foaming at the mouth about getting attention from people, if everybody was just calm, if it was all just okay, don't worry about it. Another thing that's driving this insanity is the ownership of the earth. Oh, oh no, the earth owns us. No, this ownership of the earth is something that's um, um, ownership of the earth coupled with victim mentality, okay? All right. Now, the victim mentality states that the planet earth herself is a victim, which cannot be possible because there are no victims, okay? And we're victimizing the earth, and we have to do something about it. And all of that spins out into that nonsense. Thank you and goodbye. I have no use for it. Well, that Don't tell me about any of that. The earth could sink us in a nanosecond. Just bang, we're all 10, 20 feet underground, just like that. Well, I don't know if you're referring to, but I, one time we were at a, having a bowl event, which by the way, if, if people like the bowls, you, you may consider coming to our once a month uh, event. It's really quite lovely and it gets yeah. better every time and just really wonderful. But. Um, we're in a meditation where we're sending healing to the earth and it came as such an epiphany and I got that not that we it's not good to send healing to the earth but that the earth is such a vastness that it really has things under control and you're right it could yeah. wipe us out at any moment yes. and it's a good idea for us to see it as a powerful entity and perhaps our visualizing of it as a lesser entity and capable of being annihilated, that maybe that's, maybe that's what's really contributing. So let's take a moment and visualize the planet as an extremely strong thing and that we as people are part of that planet and we can wake up without inflicting too much harm. Another factor in that which nobody really seems to understand is we the human race are the child of the planet Earth. And the planet Earth loves us, truly, truly loves us, and is extremely patient with us. And like any child, you've seen a child in the home uh, who covers the landscape of the home with an assortment of, to anybody that happens to walk into the house, a chaotic environment of um, odd angled toys and clothing and whatever else it was. I saw a picture on the web where this kid had um, thousands of toys in his room. You couldn't get, he could walk amongst them in some visible path only to him, but anybody else in his room 
it I looked, like that path only visible to him. Only visible to him because to him it was not chaos, it was a form of love. But to anybody else, oh no, we have to do something about this. Not true. And this is what's going on. We the children of the planet Earth have littered, okay? Don't think it won't be picked up. Don't think it has harmed the Earth. None of that stuff is going on. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I do feel that we have to be personally responsible for cleaning this up. Wasn't saying yeah. we weren't, said we will. Now the earth has survived any number of civilizations as far as the count I've heard most popularly, and I've never bothered to look because it's not that interesting to me. The Akashic records would state that we've had five pinnacles of civilization on our planet to begin with. Mu. Somebody over there making noise. Um, <laughs> that was a whole civilization. It just right there, fell up, right there. <laughs> up and gone. Atlantis was a big one. Mu, uh, M-U, Mu was the very female version of it. Atlantis was the very male version of it. Uh, the Egyptians had an epic. The, you know, the uh, entire of the Near East was the pinnacle of civilization. Many of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's come and it's gone and we've survived. And you know the deserts on this planet? are where we've uh, duked it out with nuclear weapons. Uh, Midwest, that was a place where there was a nuclear war a very long time ago. This is absolutely hilarious, it is. Um, when you take radium, whatever it is, uranium, and go poof with it, it spreads out, and then it comes back together. And then some monkey strolling along picks it up and drops dead from the intense radioactivity from it. And then another monkey sees the skeleton, sees the skeleton holding the piece of uranium, goes, wow, that must be really something. This dude died over it, picks up the uranium, but, by, but before he dies, they figure out enough to make another nuclear bomb. Okay, <laughs> right. And this has been going on, let me see, um, prohibitively, uh, unnecessarily, boringly, uh, redundantly. Well, I saw something on Facebook today that's going around, so people have probably seen it about uh, um, somebody did a video of all the nuclear testing that has gone on since 1950-something, oh, wow. and it showed where they were going, and so many things were done right here in Arizona and yeah. Nevada and stuff like that. It makes you wonder what traces are left, but now, by far the, ma the, the vast majority of, of the uh, stuff was done here in the southwest of the United States. I, th uh, I many say... Many times, not just this one. Let me just add one thing before mm -hmm. we change the subject. People that live where there's an unusual amount of radioactivity, um, not a nuclear explosion, um, actually use that as a substance of um, nourishment. They live a longer time. They get more out of it. It's not detrimental. Good. People seem to have this idea. What card? Um, I don't know. I was just picking it up. I wasn't oh, okay. really thinking. Well, anyhow, the, the, everything's on our side. This, is, this really has to be. I don't mean to rant about it, and I, yeah. I just really would love it if we understand that there's nothing that's against us. That nothing. was a card. Nothing. It says, clear the past hurts that you carry, let go, release and forgive, see the blessing in all things. That was the card. Okay. So that was kind of synchronous mm -hmm. to say those. Well, I agree that we have to wake up. We have to wake up. And this whole idea of competition is also making it so 
that we have so many technological things. And you know, I'm a geek. I got to say, I love my gadgets and my computers and my laptops and sound editors and all this kind of stuff. I just love things like that. But I think it's just gotten really out of control, this whole competitive thing about who can get more tech devices so that we can be more elitist and charge people money to not feel stupid by getting the next thing. Or now it's LinkedIn instead of Twitter and, and something new is always coming about. And we feel like we're not allowed to stand still. Companies have to have profit over last year. They're not just happy with profit anymore, where they can pay their employees and have a good solid base of a company. Everything's about swooping in, buying a company and selling it for profits. Nothing is about standing still. When I was in corporate USA, it was more about profit and loss statements um, about right then, like how much can you save? And nobody was uh, seeing that they were robbing the future to create this bottom line number for this month. And everybody was just running from something and running to something. And at the end of the day, it's this state of being that is so frenzied that our whole medical profession is spiraling out of control, attempting to treat and over-treat and mistreat. And if we just got back to that center of peace, all this stuff would be unnecessary. How much time are we saving with these gadgets? How many hours do you work to have a gadget that you can't understand? Now that's a question. That's very well put, yeah. So it is time for us to just simply step down from this madness, I agree. And that entire spinning wheel you were just describing where business is totally out of control and there's nothing regulatory. And the number of pictures that have been made about the corporate state taking over the government, uh, kind of uncountable really. And I'm so bored with, um, in the 70s they did Towering Inferno. How many people saw Towering Inferno? Okay, Towering Inferno predicted, created 9-11. I'm telling you this is the deal. I'll tell you how I know this. I was in, um, lived in Wisconsin for part of my life, and I took a picture of a house I lived in, which was a lovely, uh, probably 30-room house that was, had turned into a, a group home, and I lived there with many other people, and we were all friends. And I um, took a picture of it. It was the last picture on a roll of film. In case you don't know what a roll of film is, cameras used to have film, and you would move the film and take the picture. Well, it was the very last one, so only half of the frame was printed, and the half of the frame was just the basement. From there up was completely blank. Seven days later, uh, everyone had moved out, no one was harmed, I moved out. Seven days after we all moved out, the thing burned to the basement. Wow. Burned. The film predicted the future, okay? And that's what film does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It's the way it works. What am I going to tell you? 9-11, Towering Inferno, uh, Upside Down Adventure, The Poseidon. It just it goes on and on and on and on and on. And there's no reason because we could take film and create a magnificent future in which mankind is calm. And we start to build an advanced world. And there's less population, not from China controlling how many kids you have or any of the rest of that, just the, the, the thing settles down. We have more people than our planet was designed for. On the advanced planets, there's a very the far less population, and everybody lives in a gorgeous place. Well, you see, and, this is where this whole competitive thing yeah. 
I mean, you just look through various cultures, and all cultures have something like this. There's the keeping up with the Joneses in, in our culture. It's like when I was growing up, that's what they said, where you had to keep up with your neighbor. If your neighbor had a new car, then this whole competitiveness takes us to places we don't wish to be. I remember when I was working and I was raising my kids alone, so I kept attempting to get a better and better job so that I could finally get to the place where I didn't have to have two jobs. And there was this ambition and striving and striving. And I remember what that did to my body. Yeah. And when I got to a pinnacle of a position, I realized that I was, I really missed the days of just sitting in my cubicle, typing up contracts and staring out the window and going home at 5.30 and having a life. And ultimately, it gets back to that story that I don't remember where I heard it, but it was of a man that had a fishing, fishing boat, and he worked ambitiously to catch enough fish that he could buy a second boat, and then he worked and bought the third boat, and he had a whole fleet of boats. And then everything he did from that point forward was to get it to where he could retire so he could go back to just fishing in his one little boat again. And really, what is your motive? What are your goals? And what is this virus, this mental virus that gets in your head called competition that makes you feel like you're going to be left out, you're going to be left behind. This competition has reached such epidemic proportions that that is behind our economic condition now. Yeah. And everybody is so afraid and so competitive in the workplace that they are doing things that are killing themselves. And really, if you would like to get the economy healthy again, it's to hire enough employees to do the work. And then they will be spending money, which will buy the products, and everything will start moving again. But as long as we are going to be scared into working ourselves into a grave, then people are just going to take advantage of less staff, less employees. So let's, let's do the I am satisfied. That's it. That's yeah. the bottom line. Okay, so Companies aren't say, satisfied with pro good profits. They have to have profit over last year, so yeah, let's do this. Not even corporate state. I Everybody. am satisfied with who I am and what I do. I, say it. I, I am, am satisfied, satisfied with, with who I am and, and what, what I, I do. do. I am I'm satisfied with, with who I am. Well, whatever it is, I'm what I am. Okay, I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied with, with what, I, what I, am. I am and who I do. No way. Oh, never! Oh my God. <laughs> no, I am satisfied with who I am and what I do. It's true. Well, I posted something on Facebook the other day, and I said, even if you don't feel this way, yeah, what? Pretend for a moment that you are completely satisfied and content yeah. with every person, every relationship, every situation, everything in your life. Just pretend for a moment. And so many people wrote back, I said, what does it feel like to pretend that way? So I would invite the audience to just pretend that your relationship is exactly perfect for you and it's everything is, and you don't have to be anywhere else. Yeah. which is why we want to retire, which is why we want to get out of our jobs, why we want to get into a good relationship, is so we don't have to strive to be somewhere else anymore. It's yeah. not even what you think you are looking for. Yeah. So picture that for a moment and see mm -hmm. what it feels like. And friend us on Facebook. There's a telepathic TV page, and then Neville has a page, and I do too. And if you don't um, call in and let us know, write right on the Facebook and let us know how that feels to sit yeah. with that while you to go to bed To actually be okay. To act, you're, oh, you are okay. You, I don't care what's going on, but you're, you're okay. It's that simple. It's all okay. Yeah, it just is. Just mm. be that. 
just be okay. And then um, we, we said for so many years, I, I spoke in the language codes, there's no word, there's no such thing as late. There's no such thing as early. The one and only thing you can be is on time. You cannot not be on time. And hey. so this whole rush that everyone's in is fictional, fictional. Okay, I was thinking, those of you that watched the show last week, you know we did a show on divination where we offered a number of uh, tools. One of them was candle divination. And if you haven't seen last week's show, you can go in the archives. I actually have caught up on posting all the shows. It took me 20 some odd hours, but I yeah. did it. They're all up there on um, on iTunes in the audio format, you can download as a podcast, and they're on video. Uh, this is one from last week. It's kind of interesting. We don't Turn really have to. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll look at that in a minute. I was going to offer to give a message to the audience. Oh, sure. I talked about what's the ancient art of bibliomancy, which is Bible. It's looking in the Bible um, for something. So, I thought I would do a message out of Neville's book, which I highly recommend getting this book and doing this. And I came upon the word sure, as in I'm sure. Sure is used to convince. We may not be sure who is being convinced, the speaker or the listener. That's a good, uh, but someone is. Listen when you happen to use it. Who are you convincing? It may look like someone else, but it's you talking to you. When you say sure, it means you're unsure. The, uh, this really unmasks insurance salesmen. <laughs> yeah, well Insurance. Surely. Okay, so Easy that's the word of the day. And so mm -hmm. use it as a divination. Yeah. We're going to do to a painting. Sure. Oh, yes, I've been painting still. This is, um, I think a year ago I began painting. This is... Oh, you've been painting your whole life. Oh, my whole life. But I, I just woke up one morning and could not not paint, and it's just getting stronger. Uh, this is uh, raindrops and sundrops. Raindrops and do do. And sundrops. Okay, just to understand that, um, you know, as you know, when the sun goes through a rainstorm, it produces a rainbow. And so this is a little of the effect going on there. But uh, the, the um, clouds are arranged in a sign, uh, sine wave form. And very nice. Yeah, and very peaceful. Interpretation of clouds, by the way. Very interesting. Yes, other planets have far more geometric clouds, but uh, that's another place to go. So um, that well, we get we caught in this idea of assurance, by the way, and mm -hmm. then there goes the whole deal. I think we're doing the other painting. Well, I, I would like to say while they're focusing on that, that um, We've got all, a lot of, not all of your paintings by any means, but we have a fair amount of your paintings up where you can order prints or greeting cards, and they're very good, and they're, they're all very thought-provoking. So I just want to let people know that. And you can go to telepathictv.com, and, uh, and there is a link. You mm -hmm. can press on Get Neville's Art, and it'll take you right to them. Okay. Yeah, and they're very, actually very well done. So we have the next one up. Let's go to the next one. And this is... Um, that place again where I just get taken somehow. I did about 15 sketches of sailboats and uh, none of them suited me well enough to do um, any further work on it. And the sketches sat for any number of months and then I came across them again and then I recognized I had uh, 
what my brain loves to do, which is overthink, and uh, what the heart argues with me about simplicity. So I said, okay, I've got the basic idea is to express the water as um, uh, rolling, as spheres. It's the nature of water to flow. There you go. Okay, and this is the boat flowing. Uh, and then this is reflected in the way the sails are held onto the boat. And then the clouds further reflected the, the rolling. So it's all flowing and rolling. And it makes a perfect sense to me in a real way. Oh, it does. The flag is even rolling. Yeah, it all has to be... The, what it is about my, me when I paint is that I so pack the entire thing with ideas that it loses uh, an overall cohesion. So once I remind myself to simplify what I wish to express, then it becomes an absolute magic. It just appears in front of me. Uh, and I have to stop myself in the sketch or I'll oversketch it. There's always the edit phase. In, well, in the painting, it's not quite the same thing. Well, you thing edit as, your idea. Yeah, there's, certain, yeah. there's always an edit phase. But there's a, I now have a flag that goes off that says, when I was in college, I realized that if I was going to paint anything, it was supposed to be one idea on one canvas, one on one. It was that simple, don't mm. complicate it. And uh, that was the big argument with me. The entire incarnation was that I have a trillion things to pack into the small area, which just makes it um, inaccessible. But well, one thing, yeah, there you go, you've got it. So well, sailboat, th simple. These are very calming. I, I could look at that for hours. Do you mind if I pull a card like oh, we sure, have yeah, in please. the past? Yeah, to see what okay, it says. Okay, so this is the sailboat, mm -hmm. and it is pay attention to the flow in your life. Any <laughs> perceived roadblocks are really signposts pointing you in the right direction. Oh, well done. And there's green on that. Mm -hmm. And now for the other one. Raindrops and sundrops. Okay, for that it is, <laughs> look, there's circles in that. And it says, tell the people in your life how much you love them, starting with you. Show your love. There we go. That's that card. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah well, very nice. Mm -hmm. I thought both of those were ideal for a child's room. It just struck me. With a when child I, in you. I would put them in my own room. <laughs> well, all of this is agreed, but uh, some no, people are uh, looking to decorate their child's uh, yeah. room. Often people yeah. use those very shades of color. Mm -hmm. that can be. Yeah, it would fit in very well. I, I agree. It's lovely. Yeah. And, uh, it's a magnificent. And they'll so be up on uh, the website before long. Mm -hmm. That's true. So competition and ambition can be viewed very similarly. Oh, yeah. And what is in common with both of them is it pulls you out of the moment and mm -hmm. puts you in fear. So then your motivation becomes fear. And instead of being pulled by love, you're being pushed by fear, right. which I've said for many years is obviously um, a state that we don't wish to be pushed by fear, mm -hmm. called by love, pulled by love. And when we're pushed by something, there's always a stress because we don't really know what is pushing us. The nature of fear is that it's very elusive. It's a force, it's a boogeyman that we don't really know because once we do understand what that force is, it's no longer as frightening. So I would say take the fear element out of it, even if you still have to work those hours, and consider 
not being so physically available to work these unrealistic amounts. I've said on the show before, and I, I still believe this, if you are an employer that works your employees like that, that there's no difference between you being a murderer because it does detract on the lifespan of a person. Really rethink this. This is something much larger than a career and a title, a job title, that this kind of dynamic also is not doing anything for the company. It's not more efficient. It doesn't get you anywhere. The companies that I've worked for that treat employees like that, most of the time people were hiding. They were writing their resumes. They were talking about how miserable they were. Nobody was doing any work. It's the employees that are happy at work that produce. Yeah. So we have to get back to the truth of that. They've found there's a much greater percent of um, accomplishment in a company that allows people to bring pets into the office mm. because you're at home then. You're not, you're not at the office. You, it makes a very big difference. A character, when we refer to the idea of character, character is the number of times that you apply principle and integrity in your life. Mm -hmm. The higher the integrity, the higher the principle you conduct, the greater your character is. It, it's just math, it's the words. And so uh, entering into a competition more or less automatically destroys integrity because in the modern world, you know, well, it was just business. You know, those people. Yeah, it was just nothing personal. Yes, it was personal. <laughs> you know, oh, it was just business. No, it was underhanded. It was manipulation. Yes. It people was use that as an excuse to be a person that they wouldn't normally approve of. It's like drinking alcohol. Well, it's just alcohol. Well, it's like getting really drunk and it's last call and you, and you use the alcohol as an excuse for what you do in your life. Yeah. So when anyone the says... The cameraman's drunk right now, as a matter of fact. I'm just kidding. <laughs> when anyone says it is just, and I don't care what happens after the word just, when somebody says it is just, no, no, it is injustice. It's injustice. It's not just business. It's injustice. Yeah, okay. Well, one of the things I... <laughs> we're doing drunk tests in the background. Do you remember that Steve Martin movie where yeah. he made him walk on his hands and sing Inagata Devita and count or say the alphabet backwards and he goes, damn, you have hard drunk tests here. Well, it's, it's that interesting movie. that you said you talked about peace because one morning, you know, I guess being a Libra, I am, I've always been maybe a little too much uh, looking to get things balanced and jump into things. And when I was younger, it was not always to my positive um, outcome to get justice there. And one night I was really upset about something and I kept going over it and over it because it was unfair. Whatever had happened was unjust and, and I, uh, or unjust. And I, I couldn't like think of how to handle it at the time. But afterwards, you know, where you stay awake all night and you think, oh, I could've, should've, would've, that kind of thing. Okay, one more second here. And I, I started to go to sleep and a guide said, well, what are you looking for? And I said, I'm looking for peace. And so, what does justice mean to you? And I said, having peace about this. So, they said to me, well, justice equal peace. You can go right to the peace. And I went, oh my God. So, yeah. I don't have to go through the throes of justice to get to that peace. Anyway, I know they're saying that the duck is here. So, we will continue. And that's in the Trinities, the okay, Trinity of Justice. 
Yeah, well, you're just welcome. Just is. You're welcome thing. for yeah. that. You're welcome. Okay, we've got, we're hung up here. The duck is in a state of resistance, but we unhooked that. Uh, you are finding your spiritual family open up and share your story. And these are from my deck, my fourth deck, Mary's Magical Message Cards, which you can see more about them online. Mm -hmm. And what did you get? Don't fight the currents right now. Relax and let it flow. Allowing is power. Very well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the opposite manipulation is the lack of power. Very interesting. Mm. So, yes, indeed. And uh, this is the point at which people may call in if they would like a reading from your, uh, from your decks. Yes. And there was um, banishment and uh, excommunication and all of the things used to manipulate us in the past. You know, you would be banished from the tribe to be excommunicated from the church. Mm -hmm. uh, the modern version, I guess, is being put in prison or banished to this uh, yeah. less civilized society. That's not going to happen. You don't have to do it that way. You create your life. You do not have to create anything like that. But we live in fear of, stop living in fear. It's just fear. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? This is Edith. Edith. Hi. Welcome back. Excellent. Hi. I was just calling for a reading from Mary. Great topic tonight. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I'll, I'll hang up. Okay, thank you. And just like we were saying justice equal peace, well, you can go right to the competition and say it equals peace. I, I created get out of conflict free cards many years ago, which I still have plenty of if anybody wants any. And it's a card like get out of jail free, which you can give. So get out of competition free. I'll make up and some of those work. cards as you well. Have a of bunch course. of stories about how yeah. well they work. Indeed. Yeah. So um, maybe, maybe I'll bring some on the show next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, divine guidance. It shows you that we're on our path, and we always think, "Oh no, here I am at this fork in the road. Am I going to make a wrong decision or right decision? How can I know what's right for me? Please, universe, let me know." Well, really, if you just keep walking, if you get so absorbed in the butterflies and the flowers and in the beautiful sky, and it feels good to, look up, to walk over there, it looks inviting in this one direction, then we're always on the most efficient path to get us where we're going. If we don't go that way, we're still going to end up where, we're, where it's good for us to end up. And so what if it's more scenic? And so when we release that attachment and know that we're going to be guided, our feet know where to step. So it's saying that you may have a choice. This is a card of friendship. You can see those two little flowers that have been growing in the same pot, but yet were very separate, and their little leaves reached out and touched each other and held each other's hands. This is saying to reach out, even to people that you feel are too close and maybe kind of smothering or that you're, you're resisting to keep your own space. It's saying, reach past that. This is a time to open up and allow. And then the last card is the breather card. That's a big easy chair where we sit down and, and take a breather. It reminds me a little bit of What About Bob, where it says take a vacation from your problems. I think that's a great idea. That's why certain um, drugs will make us feel um, better, is because it gives us a little vacation. And so your card from the Magical Messages is that you are entering a time of great clarity and focus. So that's great. Clarity is something you go along and you witness, 
It's not something that you figure out and create and like uh, manipulate. So it's it's an observer place, being clear. Excellent. Okay. And, and our do next we caller? have another call? Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? My name is Kathy. Kathy, what can we do for you? I'm, I'd like to see if you guys can give me any insight on my love life, if a love is coming in my life, and financial, financial, what should I say, financial assistance or work coming in soon. Okay. Um, did, no, go ahead. Do you want to yes. do one of those since she had two questions? Um, everything that happens in our life is our decision. I know that sounds high-handed and distant, but nonetheless it's true. We've been uh, talking um, forever on this show about the idea of if you say um, uh, the person that loves me is um, manifesting, then they will do that. But we're trained that, you know, in this lack mentality that we don't deserve or that the person is unavailable or et cetera, et cetera. It's just I, I open myself to greater love and then there it happens. Mm -hmm. So that's about that, but go yeah. ahead, please. Well, the first card, I, uh, this is the spirit animal cards, and it's the wolf, and the wolf is the card of the teacher, and the wolf comes to us to teach us about ourselves. So sometimes, to me, that can mean a teacher coming into your life, and often that is a romantic partner, because boy, aren't they they're our greatest teachers. <laughs> it shows us what we are, it shows us what we're not, it shows us how to love ourselves by loving other people, and there are a lot of things to be learned with that. This is also a time of growth where you may be getting out of your comfort zone, looking a little further, reaching out, sticking your neck out, so to speak, having the courage to speak up and say what's on your mind. So if this is in connection with your job and your career, it's saying to look higher, aim higher. Maybe you had been down there in the, in the brush before and now it's time to get, get up higher. The egg is sort of the wild card in the deck of the spirit animal cards. And it's saying that this is an unlimited potential that you create, you decide. So I would look at the things that were holding you back from those two things with job uh, or with money, whatever that is. I think that there's always a possibility, but are you going to incubate that egg or are you going to incubate the egg that says there's nothing in the nest or, or whatever? So it's giving you an opportunity. Now the card from the Magical Messages is a change in residence or real estate purchase is coming your way. Are you ready to take things in a new direction? So it's really asking you if you're ready. And if you answer yes to that, the universe will swoop in. So thank you very much. Appreciate, appreciate your call. Yes, Do we excellent. have time for another? We have our next caller. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hi Mary and Neville, this is Shalonda. Hi. Hey, welcome to the show. What can we do for you? Hi, hi there. my name is Shalonda. Hi, hi Shalonda. Mary and Neville. Hi, what can we do for you? Um, I'm wondering, could I have a general reading from Mary? Sure, I'd be most happy to. Pull some from each deck here. Okay, let's see. The first card we get is the seal, and that is the card of contentment. You know how we were talking earlier, looking at your life as if you're content with everything and everyone in it? Well, the seal often comes in in the dream time, too, to, um, to tell us, um, uh, to take us deeper. So it, I would say ride on that. Go in the dream time because you're really looking into things. And the mirror is talking about this, too that everything in our life is a mirror. So if you look at your dreams, you look at your life, you look at your relationships and say, if I was 
trying to figure out who I am and I have no idea who I am and I've decided I am going to find out who I am and I'm looking at all these reflections you know like in outer space they don't really see some of these heavenly bodies that exist far away but how they know they're there is by the impact that it has on things around it and that's the way it is with us we can't really see us but we can see the impact we have on life around us and it gives us clues to who we are I feel like something really deep is is moving through you guides teachers coming into your life and that you're getting to the place where you're really exploring and the commitment card it shows a woman reaching at her reflection in the mirror and taking her hand and grabbing it and saying that that's really the first step in anything you do outside you can see there's this expanse waiting saying but we first must make peace with ourselves forgive ourselves for the past love and accept ourselves unconditionally make that marriage commitment to yourself write your marriage vows to yourself and it's amazing how much life opens up and then the magical message cards it's remember that the universe and all within it around it and uh, in it and within it and around it loves and supports you unconditionally and so that's saying the same thing that ultimately when we go through all the channels within ourselves and and shine the light on all the um, darkness and all darknesses is concentrated divinity just shine more light on it like my dream once told me that you're going to find that every avenue within yourself is very profound and uh, do some writing about it too excellent okay, okay so okay. we we will be at ruby tuesdays um, here in fairfax circle um, shortly may i have a couple of announcements i yes. haven't planned the dates but i'm going to be doing eft level one Mm -hmm. and EFT level two psychic development part two which contains dreams remote viewing medical intuition and um, lucid dreaming and things like that dream interpretation lots of fun things and um, I'm going to be doing it an afternoon salon on EFT for decluttering which is very powerful I've had many people that have taken that have done massive changes in their life and it's gone forward and then I um, you're going to be doing face reading coming up a lot of people have asked about oh, that sure. Neville's really quite a good face reader and palm palmist so yeah, we'll be doing palmistry next years. after that yeah. so if you're interested you can go to telepathictv.com the schedule is usually posted and you can join our mailing list mm -hmm. and uh, we've taught uh, for centuries now on this program that the fear doubt worry and guilt uh, have a paralyzing effect on us they keep mm -hmm. our consciousness from changing once you are afraid it takes forever to uh, step out of that particular little trap when, and we said um, the moving of uh, these uh, blocks, fear, doubt, worry, guilt, etc. there's many more than those, but insecurity in whatever form that it takes, moving these out of your way, moving energy through it, is something Mary does in a remarkable way. I've seen her uh, directly and indirectly do this to people where they are just freed uh, from whatever it was. Uh, well, thank uh, you too. Yeah, well, I do it through language, but it's you do it uh, directly, uh, and, and we both do it, but in a very different way, and kind of yin yang in a certain way. And you're brilliant in that you just sort of get the flow to happen, and then the person just dissolves it. And that's um, through these techniques that you're going to be the decluttering. The cluttering is a fear form or whatever. Well, we yeah, care and to we, use. we actually go into that to pretty deep levels, and mm -hmm. what you tend to accumulate says a lot. I've created this whole, um, like this comparative or this, this uh, clue finder, let's yeah. say, and what it is that you do accumulate. 
Well, thank you for that, and, and you as well. We've been doing these things for many years, so please check out the website. And it was our joy and honor to take you to the door this evening. Yes, and you know you're going to go through it, so quit fooling around. Just do it. You'll be much happier. You want to remember you went through it. As you used to say, go forward boldly. Yes, otherwise chaos owns you. Doubt attracts chaos like a magnet. Uh, what's his name that wrote The Art of War? The um, fortune favors the bold because doubt attracts chaos. Thank you.